Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show right here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. That's both of us right here in the same studio at the same time, all together, too. Yes, sir, Bob. Morning, Keith. Good morning, Jim. How are you? What's up? What's what? Sup? What's up? Sup? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard that in a long time. I always like that one. Sup? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a garden show here this morning, the way we've done this for the past, uh, let me check, 26 and a half years. Coming up on 27 here. Just in a few months, huh? Yep, yep, yep. And the way to you this works is uh, you call in with a question that you have about your gardening experience. Um, wh- whatever that might be, um, give us a call, 303-477-2473. And uh, this guy by the name of Sean will answer the phone and ask you a couple of Probably not very pertinent questions. They won't be personal. Um, we told, we had a long talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he long prom- talk. And he promised. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want to get into trouble. Boy, that's easy to do these days. Be aware, though, he has a poofy beard. He, he does. <laughs> he, he did comb it out this morning, so he's in good shape. It's all spit and shiny. <laughs> it's looking good. Yes, sir. He's very well manscaped. He, oh, God, there's another term. <laughs> a new term. Jeez. I don't even want to go there either. Hey, we're all sitting here waiting for frost. I can, uh, looking up into the foothills here, and I don't see any coming yet. It's going to happen. Yeah. I think later this coming week, <clears throat> we're supposed to get down to 30 f- darn close to freezing. Yeah, um, pretty near. Which is going to be enough close to freezing to make a lot of tropical plants very unhappy. Yes, uh, that's the the temperature that I last saw. Is either thirty four or thirty five? Uh, that's close enough that you're going to have crossed on a number of plants. In um, in Castle Pines, it's predicted to be twenty eight. That's not even close. That's on Thursday. That's right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, Centennial, I think, was 34. <coughs> Denver was 36 or something like that, 35 yeah. or 36. So uh, look forward to some darn tootin' cold weather coming up here. Yeah, so I hope you're all prepared, taking all the plants that need to be taken into the house. You might as well do that now. I, you know, avoid the rush. I used to wait until the uh, evening news. Um, and on the day before? On, well, that, that night. That, that <laughs> night? <laughs> I would be rushing around with my flashlight bringing plants in. No. No, no, not going to do that anymore. I, I started two weeks ago. <coughs> I already yeah. have probably half of my stuff in the house. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing it a bit at a time because I'm getting to be that age where I can't run around and do it all <laughs> in one evening. <laughs> Especially with the bananas and things <coughs> that are so huge and heavy. Yeah, yeah. I got a kind of bunch of that stuff outside. And I'm going to leave them out there until they get frosted. Yeah. Because it won't hurt the the plants in the containers, the, the roots and all that. But it will take the tops down. And <clears throat> that's my cue to go ahead and cut them all down and handle them appropriately. I, you know, I'll do it beforehand. 
Because once they get frosted, <clears throat> they get all mushy and squishy and gooey, and it's, yeah. it's just nasty to handle. So yeah. I'll cut them back before then. Yeah. I might do some of that today. Although I have to get my garlic in the ground. Yeah, you do. Did you go out to uh, Tagawa's? No, I have and, enough. And, and I, peruse their 36 I, varieties? <laughs> no, I have enough from last year. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. And I did that last year with them, and, and you know, I don't know, got five or six varieties, and uh-huh. planted them all out and kept them labeled and and, and, and check to see which ones did well and other ones don't do well. And so I'm not going to do those again. And I don't, I don't need 10 more varieties. Thank you very much. They all taste like garlic. Well, they do. And I turned out I'm not a garlic aficionado. I don't really know the taste one from the mother. Mm. It's garlic. That's it's garlic. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> you said, though, that your <coughs> elephant garlic did not do no, well. No, it did not. I was a little surprised. I've grown it before and... I don't remember how it turned out before, but uh, this time they they didn't turn out to be elephants. They're mm. not they're not even hippos. <laughs> More like tapirs. Tapirs. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to do that one again. Well, probably the one I'm going to do again is German German White. I think is the name of it. Okay. Uh, that produced a lot of good sized bulbs last year. Huh. All right. And there was one other, I forget the name of it. <clears throat> and a couple I was disappointed in. I mean, I, I watered water them religiously and fertilized them, and mm-hmm. they, they all grew well, but, you know, didn't produce the, the bulbs. So you're out of here. No doubt. That's part of what gardening's all about. If mm-hmm. it doesn't perform well, you know, year after year after you're out of here. <clears throat> I'll try something else. I have onions coming up that I somehow managed to miss pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> and people, if you didn't, if you if you grew potatoes, you you never get them all when you harvest, and you'll see them coming back next year. They, I want to say, they're almost reliably hardy here in the ground over the winter. If they're deep enough, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. If they're deep enough, depending on how how severe the winter is. But I've yanked out all of the um, peppers and tomatoes. Yeah, Those are all today. gone. Yeah. Boy, those shishitos, I got another big harvest off of them when I was pulling them out of the ground. Yeah, you, you, you always I miss. I felt guilty. You always <laughs> miss a bunch. <laughs> I felt really guilty yeah. pulling them out. Oh, you've got this many peppers on you yet to come. Nah. Nah. <laughs> We're going to go. <clears throat> yeah, it's... Uh, Time to take a break. It is. It is. I'm In the gardening land. I'll pull them out and, and harvest the, the last crop off of them and find a bunch of them that I missed. Mm-hmm. Well, they turn red. No, no matter how hard I try to find them all, I don't. I kept some of the red ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire them up on the grill with the green ones and see yeah. if they taste any different when they turn red. I haven't noticed any difference. Okay. And I also have not noticed, <clears throat> as other people have, that some of them turn out to be really hot. Yeah. And not in my world. It's a, it's a what would you call it? It's it's a, like Russian roulette. You eat five or five or six of them and they're small you know they're like they're pinky size yeah you eat five or six of them after you get them off the grill and then all of a sudden where'd that heat come from yeah where's that which one of you had that (laughs) (laughs) and more importantly in my world why 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 is it so sporadic here and there and how does that happen i like it though well it's a treat what's called a little spice in life that's right yeah (laughs) my dentist came by uh-huh. Yeah, that doesn't happen to many people, does no. it? No. <laughs> With his family, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I helped put his daughter through through dental school, so <laughs> <laughs> 
so we've struck up a, a uh, I don't know, it's sort of an association. I, it's kind of strange. But anyway, uh, uh, I've been trying to, well, she actually invited herself. I said, you know, fine, come on, any time, any time. So, you know, weeks would go by, and she'd say, no, they're not, not coming out this week. Okay. Well, anyway, they decided to come out, and I thought it would be her and her new son, who's about a year and a half or two or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, lo and behold, the car pulls up, and <laughs> the whole fam family <laughs> piles out of the car. <laughs> like a clown car, <laughs> yeah, huh? Really. Her dad, who was my original dentist, and you know, the mom and, and the husband and, and the kid. Hmm. <laughs> and a good time, of course, they have to bring stuff, and they brought peppers out of their garden oh. uh, on a string. And there was like five or six of them, and they were all different. <laughs> and I said, which ones are these are hot? And they said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been cutting them up and you know, doing taste testing on them. And I learned very quickly, once you cut up peppers, dice them, you, you don't go rubbing your eyes after oh that. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> or touching your lips. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've always been told on the pointy <clears throat> peppers... Like jalapenos and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, if you don't know if it's hot or not, just cut the very bottom tip off yeah. and taste that. I did that. Okay. And I didn't. I didn't taste anything. <laughs> okay. okay. And then I got the rest of the jalapeno. Woo wee! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <clears throat> so, anything new blooming in your garden? Uh, new blooming. My seven sons tree is finally blooming. That's the new one I got out at your garden center. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what else is, oh, oh, I have a couple of rabbit brushes that are coming into bloom. Okay. And one of them, is, God, it is just bright yellow. Oh. I mean, just like blindingly bright yellow. Cool. Very nice looking plant. And the uh, Basin Big Sagebrush is starting to bloom. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm hard. How can you tell if it's blooming? I'm just um, trying to think sagebrush. It doesn't really have a showy flower. No, it doesn't, but they have these giant plumes of flower heads. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for the most part, they kind of look just green, 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 green. And then they go brown. That's it. That's that's the entire show. Everything brown now. Yeah, everything brown now. But this year, a couple of them are, the big plumes have just turned yellow. Ooh. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be a good color year this year. It is so far. Uh, <coughs> Stop banging the table. I know. I yeah. Sorry. And looking out the window, I'm seeing a lot of yellow. Yeah. My neighborhood has a bunch of red with uh, some of the ashes. They're turning red. Yes. Purple one. And the uh, sumacs are really showing up <laughs> nice yeah. this yeah. year. I have so. a couple of sumacs are starting to turn color. And the maples and so <coughs> forth. Yeah. I've got some um, fall crocus colchicums that are blooming up a storm. Thank you very much. Mine are you. Mine are done. They're done, huh? Yeah. Well, you told me to plant them deep, so maybe that's why it took Could them a be. little while yeah. to get up. And, they, and they'll take themselves deeper. They had that weird foot at the yeah, bottom of the bulb. Do. Does that dig for I, them? <laughs> that's the spade. <laughs> that's the spade? <laughs> I don't. I, I never heard a, a description or even a reason for that being there. Yeah. It's very strange. People, if you haven't seen one of these bulbs, you know a bulb is a bulb, except these have a... Have a per- protuberance yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, an extension. Of yeah, extension. It doesn't turn into anything else. Like oh, a foot. Yeah. And by the way, these fall uh, 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 crocus that I have and Keith has blooming right now, they don't have any roots on them. No. In fact, I looked at the, the box of culture come at Nick's <coughs> last weekend when I was there to see they're eight bucks a piece. 
I told you they're expensive. I, you, you gave me about $10,000 <laughs> worth of cold chickens. Yeah, you owe me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were starting to butt out in the box. In the box, yeah. 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 I keep telling people, you get one of these bulbs, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, first, first of, of fall, you can hold it, if you can hold it in your hand long enough, it'll bloom. That's what they used to say about Easter lilies. That was a crop you grew in your hands. Because <laughs> you were moving them around well, all the time. That's right. Oh, it needs to be cooler, so hold it back. No, it needs to be warmer to yeah. speed it up. <laughs> that's a hands-on crop. I'll it is. <laughs> it has a specific schedule. On how to well, you have, you have one week to sell the dang things. I know, I know. And, and you better have them in <laughs> You blue. better have them, because the day after, <laughs> they nobody nothing. wants them. That's They're right. worth zero. That's right. Kind of like poinsettias. Kind of like that, yep. I Actually, poinsettias a week before Christmas, they're worth almost nothing. Yeah, yeah, you got to have them uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, exactly. Boy, I remember you used to growing poinsettias, having to fold the stems over. Oh. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> that was before growth regulators. Yeah, and, and genetics. And, and, and genetics, and, yeah. <laughs> they always got too tall, so you had to you know, explain to people what, that, what you just said. <laughs> well, they get too tall. And, and so mm-hmm. you, you can't ship something that's three feet tall in a six-inch pot. Right. So when they're growing, you, there's, a, there's a technique, and I don't really feel like I ever mastered it, <laughs> <laughs> that involves softening the stem so that you could fold them over yeah. and tie them to a stake. So they'd go down, and then they'd come back up again. Yeah. And that would control the height. <laughs> Sure would. It would with me, too. <laughs> well, just snapping them off is what usually happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those, I, those days are gone. Those days. Thank goodness. Yeah, now we're... The old Annette Haig varieties. Yeah, well, now we're, now we're uh, selling, and have for some time been selling poinsettias, big poinsettias in, like, three-inch pots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we should go out and answer we some should. phone calls. I, do we have some? Of yeah, we have three of them on the All line right, right now. Um, Irene is first up out in Adams <coughs> County. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. I purchased two hibiscus plants about oh, a month ago in four-inch pots. One was red and one was yellow. Uh, are these, will they come back next year? No, those would be tropical. So they'll need to be indoors for the winter in a sunny window. And they should bloom all winter long. Well, they're blooming now. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I was getting a house plant. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> tropical ones, I never see them in a small pot like that. They're usually at least in a one-gallon pot or larger. Or the, the, the hardy ones, I'm sorry. The hardy ones are usually in a one-gallon pot or larger. They have, they have flowers that are 8, 10 inches in diameter. They last one day. Of course, the tropicals only last one day, too. But they never come in yellow. I've never seen the hardy ones come in yellow. Have you? Could be a no. No. No, I haven't. So I planted them in the ground. Can I dig them up and put them in pots? Yeah, you can. Sure. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to. I'd put yeah. them in a six-inch pot with a good quality <laughs> potting soil. Okay. And give them plenty of light. And no. put it in a sunny, sunny window. I brought in and started some coleus starts, mm-hmm. and outdoors they're supposed to be in the shade. I think I heard you say to put them in your sunniest window. Is that right? Well, indoor light coming in through a window in the, in the wintertime is not very strong. 
So, so a bright sunny window is a good idea for yeah. coleus. So unless you have floor-to-ceiling windows facing due south with no overhangs, no trees around, uh, yeah, you can put them in. In, in fact, sunny window. I would a think south that the window. I would think that the majority of the coleus on the market now are all <coughs> adapted to growing in full sun, even outdoors. Yep. So um, I wouldn't worry too much about how much um, I'd give them as much sun as possible. Otherwise, they'll they'll get kind of lanky and, and floppy, and you'll have to pinch them a lot to keep them small. And okay. and the color won't be as good. Yeah, the color is much better in the sun. Now, probably I'll have my sprinkler system turned off next week. Mm-hmm. How much should I water after that before the ground freezes? How often? Mm, that's a good question because it depends on what it is you're watering. My uh, lawn. Your lawn. Okay. Um, I would think a good soak once a week, once every 10 days would be yeah. adequate, don't you, Jim? I would think so. We've lost, uh, by the way, over the past week, 0.87 inches from our lawns. So it's dropping fast. Yeah. Okay. The loss. Because, you know, earlier in the, in the hot part of the summer, we were losing almost two inches a week. Yeah. Yeah, we're under one inch now. Okay, well, thank you so much for your information. You I bet. enjoy your program. Well, awesome. thanks for calling, Irene. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right. Yeah, that's uh, something else people ought to, ought, to be, ought to be looking at is uh, winterizing your irrigation system. Mm-hmm. I know that before my guy comes to blow it all out, I spend the previous week to that really soaking the whole yard. Yeah. I mean, just what I would consider overwatering, what the water department would consider <laughs> overwatering. I want that ground saturated before the water gets turned off. So I don't have to do much after that. But anything that you planted this, you know, in late summer and fall, um, even after your sprinkler system's blown out, I, I would really say that it's pretty essential to do some winter watering on those later planted plants. And if you're planting, for instance, we mentioned earlier, planting garlic, Water them in very well. Remember, you're putting them down two, three, all, up to four inches deep. And uh, you've got to get water down below that because mm-hmm. that's where the roots are coming out. And that takes a good deal of water to do that. It does. And it's hard to do with hand watering because mm-hmm. hand watering with a hose in your hand and a breaker on the end, it doesn't seem like much water to you vis- visually, but... It's, it's a lot more water in a small space than would come down in a rainstorm. <coughs> Considerably more. <laughs> <laughs> and this soil just can't soak it up that fast. So you supersaturate the top inch of soil or so, and then it starts to run off, and you think, oh, I've done my job. It's yeah. running off. And you're, not, you're, not, you're just starting to water. Yeah. So... I always, when I, if I'm using a hand-watering <coughs> situation, and very few other than my potted stuff is watered by hand anymore, is to water it until you get to the runoff, and then go and water someplace else, then come back to the first place yeah. and water it again and go someplace else, and then come back to the first place and do that two or three or four times. Yeah, do it tomorrow while you're watching the game. And um, every, every quarter, go out and water. <laughs> the and during same the place. half, water again. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Oh, and fall bulbs. That's another one. Yes. Getting those in the ground. They need water because they're going to start rooting out right away. As soon as you plant them, they start to root in, and they need moisture for that. Yep. 
So keep that in mind uh, while we go out and talk to... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, before we go to Jeff out in Broomfield, we need to take a break. And we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We'll be back really quick right here on Legends 810. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise guys sent you. Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back. I told you we'd be back pretty soon. Who do we have on the line that we're going to talk We're going to go out and talk to Jeff in Broomfield about dryland seeding for weed control. I'm interested to hear about what this question is all about. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. What's going on with you today? Well, I had a big spot, probably 2,000 square feet that was always weeds. So last spring, I tilled it up and did some of that uh, tall fescue dryland mix. And I knew I was going to have weeds mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, now I've got a good start on the grass. You can find it inside of the weeds. But how do I get rid of the weeds for next spring? Well, it kind of depends on what weeds you have. Do you recognize the weeds? Can you put a name to any of them? Well, if I didn't uh, weed whack them, they'd be the big tumbleweeds, probably. Well, those are annuals. Yeah, those would be annuals. They'll disappear over the winter. Now, they'll probably reseed or you get seed coming in from your neighbors. Then you may want to treat that area with a pre-emergent next spring so that those don't come back. But you probably have some perennial weeds as well. Things like, for instance, dandelions and bindweed. Oh, yeah, there's bindweeds, dandelions, morning glory, uh, thistle. Okay, those can all be sprayed this fall. And uh, you can spray with a product called Weed-Free Zone. It won't hurt your grass. But it's a great time in the fall to try to get, get some control of those perennial weeds. Okay, yeah, I thought the grass would be too young and tender, so I didn't know how aggressive I could get. When did you, uh, when did you sow your grass? Probably March. It was right before oh. that big snow. Now, your grass should be just fine for, uh, for applying an herbicide on it. 
Yeah. And then watch next spring as everything starts to uh, come back, green up, and start growing again. If you see some of those same weeds, uh, start early, like in April, and you can use weed-free zone even during the cold weather in April, and uh, get on top of those perennial weeds before they can spread. Okay. All right. Uh, I got the same weed deal going in an asparagus patch. How can I attack those? That's a, that's a different problem altogether. It kind of depends, again, what the weed is. If it's an annual weed, yeah. Uh, if it's bindweed, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's tough. Because um, whatever you apply to kill the bindweed, it's going to kill your asparagus too. Like right now, when I got the tall ferns going, uh-huh. can I can I kind of dig up all the rest of it without hurting the crowns? I think I'd do the other way around. I would cut the the ferns below ground. They're going to die off here shortly anyway. Go ahead and cut the ferns below ground. Leave the weeds intact. And once you have no more asparagus showing above ground, then spray the weeds. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have never went that direction. Yeah, and next spring, uh, asparagus has a tendency to come up pretty darn early. And you won't be able to spray then. Although you might succeed in putting a lot of mulch around to keep the weeds down. Mm-hmm. But bindweed's going to come I've up through the, the mulch. I use the leaves as a, as a mulch, and that does work. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not going to stop bindweed, though. No, it'll come up through that. So you'll have, to, you'll have to spot treat whenever you see that. And as long as you can keep the, the weed killer, I'm assuming you're going to use something like Roundup. Um, as long as you can keep it off of the actual asparagus stems and foliage, uh, you'll be fine because Roundup doesn't go into the soil. Oh, okay. So you might be able to cover, the the, next spring, you might be able to cover the emerging asparagus with a coffee can or a bucket or something and then spray. Uh, well, they come up all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, again, in the spring, what you can do is go through and, and just make a full cut so that. All the asparagus has been cut below ground as a harvest, and before any more shoots can pop up, spray. <clears throat> okay, so the crowns can or the ferns can come off now. I normally left them till around Thanksgiving, but no. Once they go brown, they're they're done, and they're going to go brown here in the next few weeks. So cutting them off now, as, the only reason I'm suggesting you cut them off now is so that you can spray those weeds. Yeah, so you can get to the weeds. Yes. Uh-huh. And that way the spray, right, well. the spray won't get to the asparagus. Yep, makes sense. Um, well, that'll give me something to do for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there you are. Uh, well, bye now. Okay, thanks for calling. My grandfather, this is, this is old school, when we'd make homemade ice cream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you use rock salt in, mm. in the bucket while you're churning. I, yeah, I know where you're going with this. And he'd take, the, he'd take the whole bucket of salty water and dump it on his asparagus beds. And that controlled the weeds. And I still, still see that. Yeah. You'll see that written in books. And occasionally on things like Facebook, people will tell you to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're channeling their grandfather. Yes, they doing. are. And it's, it's <laughs> not recommended. N- no, people. definitely not recommended. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I know better. 
Yeah. But when, but when I was 10, you know, my grandfather was a god. Yeah, that's right. He knew everything. Yes. But now I know <laughs> he was just doing what his grandfather did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and not questioning it. That's right. And you were out of luck if you didn't make ice cream. That's true. <laughs> you had to borrow somebody else's salty water. <laughs> or go out and get a bag of rock salt. Yeah. <clears throat> not recommended, people. No. I mean... <clears throat> sure, the asparagus lived through it, but imagine yeah. how much better it could have been <laughs> without that. Without <laughs> that, that salt in the soil. And over the years, I mean, we made a lot of homemade ice cream when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> Anywho, let's see where are we going next. I think Doris is up next out in Centennial. Good morning, Doris. Good morning, Jim and Keith. How are you this we're morning? F- we're fabulous. Fine. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're always a delight to talk with. Well, thank you. Anyway, my red stick dogwood and the Korean lilacs, which we have right in the back of our house, are just getting so out of control. They are both huge. So I need the best time to trim them. Late but winter, I- late winter next year, oh. early spring before anything starts greening up. We're talking March. Yeah. The same as my regular lilacs. Mm. And yeah. And, and take those, just take them to the ground. That's going to be the easy, oh, easiest way. My red stick dogwood has branches that are as thick around as my wrist. Yeah, and you need a saw to cut them off. Oh, I know. Yeah. So or I a chainsaw. Yeah. Or, yeah. In this case, a chainsaw might be better. That. Yep. But, you know, Woodman Brothers put them in for us about 50 years ago. Oh, my goodness, Woodman Brothers. Boy, that brings back memories. Remember when they were around? Yeah. And they said they would not get overly large. They would be just a nice size. And, you know, Woodman's out of business now. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, they weren't expecting him to survive. (laughs) Probably not, but, boy, they just flourish. Yeah, they get big. Then we had some um, <coughs> buckthorns put in, and they said, because we put them between the, the, the different yards, and they said that they would not get more than six feet tall. Yeah, right. And by the time they were about <laughs> 25 feet, I thought I'd better have somebody come in and trim. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, those can be cut to the ground, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, the people that trimmed them just... Sort of chopped them off. Yeah, that didn't do a very good the job. The result of that, uh, in my opinion, is is terrible. It is. It really is. But all in all, okay, you help me so often, and I'm so pleased that you're here. I missed you when you left 14:30. Well, I'm glad you found us. I am so pleased. Yes. So have a wonderful day. It's cool and beautiful to work outside. It is indeed. And my garden is still pouring out cucumbers and potatoes, <laughs> and I have to start digging up my potatoes soon. Oh, yeah, yeah you it's should. time. And I heard you talking about the asparagus, so I'll have to cut my asparagus ferns pretty soon, too. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. You get me through all my gardening <clears throat> problems so often, and I appreciate your being here. Well, thank well, you thank for you calling much. and listening. Oh, I love your show. So have a good day now. You too. I'll see right. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> I still occasionally see information about not cutting those asparagus ferns, even when they go brown. Why? I, I don't know. People, they're dead. They are contributing nothing. 
Now, I can understand not pulling them. Yeah. That would damage the crown potentially. Yeah. But cutting them? I don't, I, I don't know where that, again, probably grandfather, grandpa, gra- yeah. <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> I don't know where that started. It just doesn't make any, never made any sense to me. Yeah. Now, going back to Doris's call um, about her red twig dogwood. Sounds to me like she's been, it's been many years since there's been a, a lopper or a pruner even close to the plant. Yeah. <laughs> let alone used on the <laughs> plant. But our recommendation for those red twig dogwoods is every three or four years at least, it may be every two or three years, depending on how vigorous your plant is, the <coughs> oldest stems, which are starting to turn gray at that point, can be taken out to the ground. Don't leave any stubble. Just take them all the way down. And that leaves those nice bright red stems. That's where the best color comes from. Yeah, the new growth is <coughs> gives you the best color. Now, with Doris's problem, uh, she has stems the size of her wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's That's probably going to be easier for her just to go through and 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 level the whole plant and yeah. let it bounce back. Yeah, I do. I typically don't recommend using chainsaws in those kind of plants because it really makes a ratty. It cut does. It does make that. a ratty cut. You're but, right. But in the case of, of stems that big, I mean, we're talking firewood here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the chainsaw is probably a, a good uh, method to go. And it doesn't have it doesn't have to be a gas powered. It can be an electric one with a very long electric uh, extension cord. Or battery-operated. Or battery-operated. Yeah, everything's battery. These days. What right. would we do without batteries? Anymore? I wish we had them when I was a kid. Jeez. Made my job so much easier. And then, of course, you have to get a battery charger. Well, yeah. And then when the batteries lose, lose the charge and it doesn't keep a charge anymore, now you have to throw away the, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny meme on Facebook. It showed a, a little dog sitting in a dog bed. It was the door, the wireless doorbell sitting in its charger. <laughs> Everything's got a charger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old com- computer days where you had drawers full of cables. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and thinking, I can't throw that out. It's perfect. And it is perfectly good. I have a box full of cables in my garage but labeled it, cables. And it doesn't go to anything anymore. It doesn't. No, it doesn't fit a thing. <laughs> But I figure I, I, I'll be able to use it for something. I just know it. I <laughs> use them to tie up plants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, let's see. Montalie is up next out in Littleton about uh, what is it about cutting back peonies, I think is what it is. <clears throat> Good morning, Montalie. I've got moldy peonies. I've had mold on these since July, but I kept them standing because, um, I don't know, I just did. And I'm wondering, is it, um, should I cut them back, leave them up? Because one of the ways I do my winter garden, I just leave everything intact so that the birds have shelter and yeah, things like uh-huh, that. Sure. You, can, you can leave them up <coughs> unless you don't like the looks of the moldy stuff. Well, they just look like I sprayed them silver. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of pretty. Christmas is coming. <laughs> okay, okay. So I will leave them up. Yeah, put some glitter up. on them. Yeah, there you go. Some glitter would help. <laughs> Yeah, why not? They're going to be cut back anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, my other question is, I've got a spot of my south-facing south yard uh, that is mostly shade and is only partly sunny. If I were to put a Carl Forster in there, they probably would uh, remain small because it wouldn't get enough light. Yeah, so, they would be kind of spindly, too. And floppy. Yes, yep. that's right. So can you suggest something for this? Uh, shady corner that gets a little light. What time of day does it get the light? 
morning. Morning. Okay. I one of my favorite plants, and the name sounds kind of <clears throat> kind of funny. It's Pachystema. Uh, mountain lover is a common name. There you go. Okay. And there's probably only one species on the entire market. There's only two in the world, and and only one of those is is on the market. But anyway, this is an evergreen ground cover. It gets to be about uh, eight inches, maybe ten inches tall. Well, I'm looking for something much taller than that. Yeah, you're looking for something more the size of a Carl Forrester. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Does it does it need to be a grass or can it be something else? Anything else. All right, and how how wide can it spread out? It can spread out four feet. All right. Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be compact Oregon grape holly. Uh, no, 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 no. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy before me planted those, and I still am trying to cut them back. They pop up everywhere. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I, I like those kind of plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they fill the gaps. Yeah, you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> what, else, uh, what else would grow in shade there? A, um, a yew. Oh, a yew. Okay. Uh, boxwood. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Annabelle hydrangea. Okay, that's probably not going to get tall enough. Yeah. But uh, Green Mountain boxwood would, would get up five, six feet tall. And it's fairly oh. narrow, so it, it would stay within that four-foot-wide parameter. Okay. Um, the upright U is going to get a little bigger than that. So, but you, the, they take pruning really well. It just depends on whether you like to prune or not. Okay. Well, good. Well, those are two good um, choices, so I, I appreciate that. And if I, Can I take a little bit more time to uh, uh, do some follow-up questions about some of the things you've already talked about? Sure. Okay. So putting down weed killer... Um, I had always thought that you put you not only put it down in the spring, but you put, could also put it down in the winter for those pesky little mallow plants and the things that come up every year. I'm not sure I'd put it down in the... We're talking about a liquid spray or, <clears throat> or a granule. Liquid. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it in the wintertime because the okay. leaves have to be really active. And okay. during cold te- really cold temperatures, they're just not active. Okay, that's good. So we should, we should put some numbers to that. I'd say anything below 45 degrees is going to limit the effectiveness yeah. of a liquid weed killer. Okay. So, you know, if it's going to get 45 degrees or below at night, that's no big deal because it'll warm up the next day and you'll be back up into useful temperatures. But if, if the daytime temperatures stay below 45 degrees, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't no. bother. Okay. All right, that's helpful. Um, you talked about a lilac, trimming it in March and taking it to the ground. Yes. Um, I have a Chinese lilac, so she was talking about a Korean, um, thinking that's kind of in the same family. Yeah, it might um, actually be the same plant. Yeah, actually. Mine has been in there for 40 years, so should I really take it to the ground? Well, if you think it's too big and it's not blooming very well because it, now it has some really old stems. Yeah. Well, I go in every three years and uh, cut out the woody stems. Oh, well, there you go. You've already done it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm you're good. you're done for the year. Yeah, Doris was just talking about one that had been left alone for possibly 40 years <laughs> and, okay. and, and, and really not handled. So uh, that's why we recommended it, take it to the ground, because trying to go through and pick out the big stems and leave the small stems, the whole plant is going to get butchered. So okay. for her, I think cutting it down to the ground is better. But in your case, 
uh, you're dealing with it on a regular basis, so you shouldn't really have to do anything. Okay, and it, and it blooms pretty well. So, Okay, so my last one is the Asante dogwood, and you had said trimming it to the ground. Mine were put in about three years ago. They're pretty bushy. Should I trim it to the ground? No, no. We're recommending that only for old, old bushes, things that haven't been maintained. Okay. Okay, and I am cutting them back. And, and actually... Um, I'm just wondering how much I should cut them back now. Um, I no. wouldn't cut them back now. Uh, you may still enjoy some uh, pretty stems over the winter. Oh, that's right. They turn red. Yes, and so okay. it's next uh, next spring, very early spring or late winter, okay. and that's time to go in there. In your case, cut out only the biggest, oldest stems. Okay. And you can always tell which ones they are basically because of the size, but also the color. They lose that beautiful red color and go more toward a silvery gray. And those are the stems you want to take to the ground. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. This sure. has been helpful. You thank bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, there's a lot of nice varieties of dogwoods, red twig dogwoods, and yellow twig dogwoods on mm-hmm. the market now that don't turn into you know the size of a small car. There's some much better dwarf varieties out on the market now that you can look at. Things like Arctic Fire is a beauty. <coughs> it has yellow, orange, and red all in the same stem. Yeah. It's really yep. pretty. Yeah. But and even those over time, although they're not going to get to be 10 feet tall no. and 20 feet across, uh, those th- some of the individual stems start getting old there, too. They do. And you'll want to take some of those to the ground, even though they may only be 3 feet tall. And there's one called Kelsey's Dogwood, which is a true dwarf. I mean, it doesn't ever get more than two or three feet tall. Yep. Still has the red stems, though. It's a cute little thing. So choose your, choose your varieties, and that will limit the maintenance that you have mm-hmm. over time. I remember when I moved into the house we're in now in Centennial, there was a red twig dogwood at the corner of the deck. Now, we have a walkout basement, so our deck is a f- one full yep. story above ground. And that dogwood was clear to the top of the railings. Yep. And when I went down to dig it out, because <laughs> I didn't like it where it was, <laughs> it hardly had any roots. It's a, it was, I was surprised at how few roots that plant had. I could practically pull it out of the ground with my bare hands. Yeah, you see that occasionally. I was younger then, though, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and much, much stronger. That's right. Strong like bull. <laughs> All right, we're taking our uh, last break of the hour. We'll be back right after that here on uh, Legends 810. How mad is she? At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we have a sure way to get you out of the doghouse. So is she Daisy Bouquet mad? We have the cutest sweet bouquets that can perk up her day. A petite size to tell her you're thinking of her. Is she mixed garden bouquet with a few roses mad? Our moderate-sized bouquets have a beautiful mix of colorful flowers with a few special roses tucked in. Perfect size to let her know she's important in your life. Or is she premium rose bouquet mad? Do you need to wow her? She can't resist smiling when she gets this one. This size tells her you can't live without her. Prepare yourself. You might be overwhelmed with wild affection. The power of flowers. It's undeniable. Become a believer. It's easy to send flowers. Call us at 303-665-5555. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com. Or stop by. We're open daily. Come visit us at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram.
And we're back. I warned you that we'll be back, and sure enough, here we are. We are back on the air. Garden-wise, wise advice for the week. You can teach a man to fish, but you can't teach a fish to man. Just remember that. It goes without saying. Uh, well, it didn't for me, so oh, I right. actually wrote it down. So that last commercial about sending flowers to her if she's mad. What about sending flowers to him if he's mad? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a two-way street here. Yeah, it is. And sometimes it works even better if you send them when she's not mad. <laughs> True. <laughs> you get even more brownie that, points. You get more brownie points that way. That's right. All right, let's see. We've got Don on the line waiting to talk to us uh, about raspberries. Good morning, Don. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Just dandy. What are you doing today? Uh, whatever she tells me to do. <laughs> well, remember. This guy's uh, been married for more than a month or yeah. two. <laughs> remember when that's done, send her flowers. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. I've got a ready supply out in the back of the garden. All right. Well, there that, you go. Those work, too. Yeah. Uh, we got a raspberry plant that we kind of inherited. Um, it's back in, a, in our garden anyway. It's about six feet high. So what we need to know is what do we do to kind of save it through the winter well the first thing i would do is to go through and all the all the canes that bore fruit this year those can come out those can come off to the ground okay well it's not it's not it didn't fruit at all what it is is mm-hmm. it's just one stalk about five if i stretch it out it's about five or six feet high just, oh just one just one stalk yeah. my goodness and it's got two babies down at the bottom <laughs> and oh. We decided um, we didn't actually we didn't know what it was at the beginning of the summer, and then I googled it, found out it was raspberry. Well, let me ask you about this one stem. Is it brown and starting to get kind of scaly bark? Uh, no, it's green and it's got the old thorny stalk, you know, yeah. thornies on the stalk going all mm-hmm. the way up, and so, the yeah, it must be are, uh, <clears throat> could all, be this year's growth. This year's then. growth, then, yeah. which is going to be your fruit for next year. Yeah. So, oh, okay, great. So I, you know, in in my yard, I would cut it back to about oh four or five feet tall for the winter, so okay. that the snow and the wind doesn't. And if you feel like it might get beat up during the winter, I you might even want to put a stake beside it and kind of tie it to a stake to protect it, since there's only one. Right. And then that's going to come out with new growth next year, and that'll flower and produce fruit. And then those babies at the base, those are going to get five or six <coughs> feet tall next year. Okay. So the one that the, the one that fruits next year, once it's done fruiting, you take it to the ground and encourage those babies to grow big and tall for the following year. Okay. That so it's sounds like, good. And you just kind of repeat that pattern from year to year. Okay. So how long will that last? Forever if we take care of it? Or? Yeah, pretty near. It'll, it'll last long enough to take over your entire backyard. Yeah. Uh, that was how I was just going to ask you, because yeah. it seems like it's aiming towards the fence post and wants to kind of wrap around the fence post. So. Well, they sucker up from the base, and they'll start sending uh-huh. suckers up two and three feet away from the original plant. Okay. So they, they move out. <laughs> and remember to keep it well watered if you want some good fruit. Yes. They're not, yeah. not dry land plants at all. Okay. Now, I've been watering it every morning uh, since it's got up so, you know, so far. And it seems to be doing pretty good, but I'll cut it back and stake it. Sounds like a good idea. You can wait until the leaves turn brown, though, to do that. As long as it's got green leaves, I wouldn't cut anything off because it's all functioning for the plant, and the plant is storing up energy for next year, and the longer you can let it do that, the better. 
Uh, right, because it's every time I go out there to check out, it sim- seems like it's still growing. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They don't have a whole lot of sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, go. You can go ahead and stake it now if you want to. All right, I will. Okay. I guess, like I said, that's probably what I'll have to do today too. That sounds good. All right. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the info, guys. You bet. Bye bye. I need someone to come out of my house and do some digging. Oh, what yeah, do you got to dig I'm, up? I'm trying to get rid of some ground cover bamboo. Oh, that sassa, sassa pygmaea, I think is what it is. Yeah, I, is I, that I, the one I gave you? Or I gave you. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had I had three speci- <coughs> three species or, or three mm-hmm. varieties in this one area, and they did really well in, in partial shade. Mm-hmm. And now that the shade is gone in full sun, they're still alive, but they don't look nearly as good. They yeah. just bleach out in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting rid of them. Man, what a task that is. I had some at my Lakewood house in the shade. And it was growing into the neighbor's yard. I felt kind of guilty, but then we moved, so I don't feel guilty anymore. Yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Let's find out. The, the, the roots and the rhizomes underground don't go all that deep. But, boy, for two, three, four inches underground, it's just a solid mat of mm-hmm. rhizomes and roots. And Which is kind of nice for weed control. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm also what has come up <laughs> in them are some of the alliums. Oh, like really? ornamental alliums. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting rid of like buckets of bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want thousands anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which one is it? You oh, know, oh, purple sensation. Probably purple sensation. Yeah, that one does multiply like oh, crazy. Oh man, and, like and rabbits, then little tiny ones too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to get them all, man. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good luck I, with I, that. You know, I I won't succeed 100, percent but uh, I'm there 98. percent I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then getting rid of all those rhizomes. You can't just let them lie around. No, they'll just re-sprout. That's right. So they're going on the compost pile. Don't they re-sprout there? I don't care. Do you run them through the grinder yeah, they're first? Go- they're going to go through a grinder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and even that might be not 100%. I, I know. <laughs> but then I'm going to compost them. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Try to get that temperature up high. There you go. Yeah. No, I liked I liked that. It was really a very pretty ground cover yes, in the shade. Nice. And very nice. You know, in the spring, after the foliage all turned brown uh, over winter, I would just go out there with a the head shears, yep, cut, cut them, them off at ground level, and then yep. poof, all this new growth <coughs> comes up and looks gorgeous. Yep. But try to find it on the market anymore around here. I mean, I, I think I bought it as a house plant. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've seen them in uh, garden centers anywhere. No. But then there's, you know, there's a lot of great plants I don't see in garden centers. I don't know how people, I don't know how garden centers select plants to be sent into them. Well, they have to be able to trust that they can sell a certain number of well, them a year to justify the floor space. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm wondering if they don't make orders. You know, there's some nurseries out there that grow a wide variety of plants. I don't know. They're making a phone call and say, you know, send me a truckload. I want 10 of these and 20 of those and six of these and mm-hmm. of, of what I know you have. That's and, what they and, do. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not any one grower grows everything. No, they don't. And I don't think any one garden center could carry everything. Well, that's true. That's true. Like that one plant that I found last year, for the first time in my life, I'd ever given comfrey a second glance, Mm -hmm. was this variegated comfrey. And uh, one of the 
people I work with at Nick's, Colette, talked me into planting one. And it looked kind of scruffy in the pot. And I thought, oh, well, this is going to go great. <laughs> and so I stuck it in the ground. Okay. And man, oh, Manischewitz, did it grow. <laughs> it grew like a weed. I love it. And it, it's in the sun. And it looks like a large hosta. Mm-hmm. With these mm-hmm. big, broad leaves that are variegated, yeah. several colors of green and pale chartreuse and that sort of thing. And I think, okay, this plant is a, a plant you can plant if you like hosta, but you only have sun. Yeah, yeah. And, and nothing touches it. Deer don't touch it. Rabbits don't touch it. And grasshoppers didn't eat it up. Well, I didn't have grasshoppers. But oh. the, uh, Japanese beetles didn't touch it. So I'm thinking, man, this, is a, this should be on every garden center bench. It's a fantastic plant. It should ought to be. Should ought to be. All right, let's see where we at here. Um, let's go out and talk to Carol about her her hydrangeas. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, guys. Nice to talk with you. You too. I have um, I have three hydrangeas that were planted this year, and one that is three years old. What is the winter care? Can you tell us what kind of hydrangea it is? Yes. Um, if you didn't ask me, <laughs> it's the ones you told me. To. It's the ones I bought out at Nick. Uh, fire, the fire. Quick fire? Hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. Quick fire. Okay. So that's one of the yeah. paniculata types. So right, right. Uh, there's really nothing you need to do to it this fall, but you do need to make sure it is uh, watered regularly during the winter because they don't want to go dry. Okay. So, uh, you know, once, need- once you turn off the water for the year... Uh, I would say at least once a month, if you can do it twice a month, through the winter, November through March, get out there and, and put a couple of gallons of water on the plant while it, as long as the soil isn't frozen. Uh, that'll go a long okay. way into making sure that it comes through the winter nice. Okay. Um, do I remember you saying something about rose cones around them and mulching? Was that that was for else? a different type of hydrangea. That was for one of the macrophylla types called Endless Summer. And they grow okay. in the shade. And they're a little, they're a little more tender, uh, cold-wise, than your quickfire, which is a paniculata type. They're, they're bone cold. I mean, they're, they're a zone three. So, you know, they're bone okay. hardy, bone cold hardy here. And uh, you, should not, you can cut the old flowers off if you like. But I kind of leave them okay. on because I think they're interesting during the winter when there's nothing else to look yeah. at. Yeah. I, I, the, um, the one in the front yard and that's in the shade, that, oh, there was a landscaper that put that in for me. That might be, it, it was blue. Oh, that's, um, that's I, Endless that Summer. In, okay. Okay, that's the one that's three years old. Okay, how is it doing? It's doing well. <laughs> we got hit with that hail in... Um, September. Oh yeah, and it has it was it's been totally beat up. But I saw one little bloom uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. so it's it's trying to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we had a, that awful hail, and surprisingly, my annual flowers have come back, which I did not expect. Uh, none of my perennials have, but they know, will. And we threw away we threw away all the tomatoes. Yeah, they have nothing on them now. Uh, not even leaves; they're gone. But uh, my annuals are back and really happy and blooming. But um, so anyway, that's that's what 
that's what I'm looking at with that um, purple one. So not the um, purple, but blue. What? How much? How much shade is it in? Is it in shade all day long? It's on the north side of the house. So it's in shade all day long. Um, I find that it does better in morning sun and afternoon shade. It grows faster earlier in the season so that you don't have to wait for October to get a flower. Okay. Well, it flowered in the summer. Did it? Okay, good. Good. Yeah, it did. All right. It gets a little little sun. Um, A house is kind of at a funny angle, and, you know, as long as the the, uh, sun is up kind of high, It'll, uh, it'll get some sun. And then, of course, as we get into this season, it's not getting any sun at all. Yeah, yeah. But it does get some sun in the summertime. Cool. Yeah. Well, and it does, it blooms. Good. I'm glad to hear it. That one okay. can be a little... Okay. That, can be a, that one can be a little fussy. Uh, if it's in too much shade, it just doesn't bloom real well, or it blooms really late. Okay. I don't remember exactly when it bloomed. Um, maybe August. Mm-hmm. Hey, that that that's uh, a, that's it, great. That's when we could use some color then. Right, right. It bloomed in August, and of course now that it's it's turning to be um, pink blooms instead of the blue that it started out. Oh, it fades to pink. That's cool. Well, I think it's I think it's just the soil that it went into. Oh, I see. Not. Yeah, it's not acid enough, and I think that it's now a pink hydrangea instead of a blue hydrangea. We had three years of blue, but then this year was pink. Well, you can change that if you want to. Okay. Uh, The garden centers sell a soil acidifier that you can apply to the soil. And and you do that next spring before they leaf out. And you may have to apply it more than once, but... uh, that will help with getting that blue color back. Well, I would love to do that because it, it was it was really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you only have to apply it once? You know, you'll probably have to apply it more than once during the growing season, but it'll tell you on the directions how often to put it down for hydrangeas. Okay. But do it in the spring before, <clears throat> before anything happens with it? Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would love to get it to be blue because... It it seems to be kind of an unusual color for hydrangeas. You don't you don't get many of the blue. Not around here, blue. you don't. No, Jim, do, is it? Do you yeah, think yeah. there's any reason to put an acidifier on in the fall? Would that have any benefit? I don't think it'll hurt anything. Uh, the roots are still active okay. and will remain active for some time. Mm-hmm. So you might get okay. some benefit out of that. At least in preparation for okay. next year. Yeah, right? yeah. Just I would just one application this fall. Okay. I, I can certainly do that. Does that one need any kind of mulch around it, or? Anything? I would. It's a little fussy. I would. I would treat it with a tomato cage, or a tomato cage, a rose collar. Okay, and then you put mulch down in in the rose collar. Yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. So we got to get out of here. You hear the music, and that means we're at the end of this hour. So uh, it was great talking to you, Carol, and uh, enjoy your hydrangeas. All right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now remember, we're going to come back over the next hour and take more of your garden questions at 303-477-2473 right here on Legends 810.